pieces of literature that we generate are permanent records of our observations that others can then use and, and, and expand upon in the future. So I really think it's important early on in your career is to just take something small and bite-sized and see it through, finish it, publish it. Hello and welcome to Just Questions, where I talk to researchers and students about their research questions and how they ask them. And this episode we have Andrew Suarez and I'm at the University of Illinois where I'm a full professor in the Department of Animal Biology and the Department of Entomology. Uh, what do you work on? So I mostly work with ants. Uh, I'm very interested in ant ecology, evolution and behavior. And what kind of questions do you ask? Um, I started working a lot with uh, invasive species of ants, trying to understand what species become invasive and why, and the kind of impacts they have in natural communities. And more recently, my research has transitioned to a lot of questions on the biomechanics of ants and also um, trying to understand the ecological mechanisms of why some ants are polymorphic in their body size and others are not. And what methods do you use to answer these questions? Uh, a lot of observational methods, just watching behavior, um, measuring physiology and morphology, uh, some kinematic work uh, with high-speed cameras, and then um, lots of surveys, uh, both using contemporary surveys where we go out into the field to measure things, but also using museum data to try to reconstruct things in the past. I want to know what your first research question was. So. Um, I started my master's working with birds, and I was really curious at the time, as we fragment the landscape, the natural landscape, and replace it with agricultural and urban areas, there are some uh, birds in this case that do really well in those, uh, those modified environments, edge environments. And most of the research at the time in conservation was trying to understand um, why species were declining that were sensitive to fragmentation, and I was curious, well, why are some species doing better <laughs> when areas get fragmented and there's habitat loss? And then when I started my PhD and I eventually transitioned to ants, I noticed the same pattern. In this case, it was San Diego, where in these urban environments and agricultural environments, there were a few species, particularly this one introduced species, the Argentine ant, that excelled in this environment, despite the fact that it shared no co-evolutionary history with that environment. It was from a different continent. So again, I became fascinated by the mechanisms by which some species become very successful in human-modified landscapes. And, and has the kind of questions that you asked uh, in the beginning and now been cha changing? Yeah, definitely. So the, the more I started using ants as a model organism, the more I became fascinated by their behavior, their colony structure, division of labor. Um, and so that really shaped my questions. Uh, which may be pretty applied at first to much more basic and driven by natural history observations. So you see something in nature, you become fascinated by it, and you want to study it, uh, which is okay. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that approach to science. I think there's a lot of pressure for people to be very hypothesis-driven, particularly early in their career, because you know grants to be successful have to be pretty hypothesis-driven, and um, papers to get into some journals have to be very experimental and hypothesis-driven. But as your career goes forward, it, it, you can't help but be just fascinated by nature and then just want to let the observations drive your research. So where, where do you get your ideas then? A lot of it is just by watching ants, you know, and then um, secondarily by reading papers mm -hmm. uh, and interacting with colleagues. And so you might be talking to someone who's made an observation and that might pique your interest. Or if you're in the field and you watch something happen, you want to know why it's happening. 
And so, um, I don't know, just keeping your eyes and ears open and you will never run out of questions to ask. You get a lot of ideas from you know, that stem off from previous research and sometimes you really change the way you think about something than what you did at the beginning. You know, other times it's a bit of more of a confirmation. And so, like currently there's a, a, an area of research in my lab that's trying to look at how body size variation shapes performance, both among species and within species. And so try to understand how the evolution of worker polymorphism may be a mechanism to break constraints um, that like scaling relationships that occur among species that as an idea that we're really trying to test right now and and um, for students that might be starting um, with asking questions um, what do you think makes a good research question to ask yeah there I mean anything can be a good research question right it's hard um, to know particularly when you start a project what might uh, flourish uh, or blossom into a great idea and what uh, may not. And and I think my advice to most students is once you start thinking about a question that you might want to address for a PhD or for any individual project, the first thing you need to do is get into the literature and you know, what is already known and use that as a foundation to shape uh, and refine your question to something that will be complementary to what's already being done and, and also novel so that you're, you're pushing kind of the envelope of, of science, of knowledge. And then, you know, design something um, with realistic uh, thought as to what kind of sample sizes you might need, what kind of statistics you might need to do, you know, how you will differentiate between alternative hypotheses that might be the mechanism behind your question. And try to do that, including meeting with your advisor, meeting with your entire committee, before you start collecting data. It's very easy for students to run out, collect a bunch of data, and then after all of this effort, realize they should have done something differently, you know. And you can save a lot of time and headaches by really bouncing ideas off people and committees before he, before you even get started. And again, using the literature as the foundation that, that helps drive that question. So uh, my final question, do, do you have any general advice to students that might be starting with their research? Yeah, so um, for, in terms of general advice for students to get started, again, spend, spend time reading. Um, there's so much information already out there, and, and that will help uh, prepare you and help you shape your own questions. Um, the other big advice I have is finish things. So it's easy for students to start projects and then lose excitement or then change focus or get a different idea and move on quickly. But it's really helpful for your career and for your motivation um, to actually finish those projects. Even, you know, my first two papers were notes in bio, the journal Biotropica, very small natural history observations. But for me, it was so rewarding to get that note published because it meant that I could, you know, start with a question, collect some data, write it up, get it through a review process, which is often painful, you know, and then see a product. And, you know, that's ultimately how we're, we're filling our CVs and we're in our careers and moving forward by producing products. And these, these pieces of literature that we generate our permanent records of our observations that others can then use and, and, and expand upon in the future. So I really think it's important early on in your career is to just take something small and bite-sized and see it through, finish it, publish it, and, and use that as uh, kind of the motivation to continue wanting to do that as your projects get bigger and bigger. All right. Thanks very much, Andrew. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you. Follow Just Questions on iTunes and SoundCloud. And follow your host on Twitter at Ravindra underscore PN.